The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Kwame Last of the Sports Talk. We are live here. I need to turn my, you turned me down, Alex. Goodness gracious, already. Hey, welcome back to the show. We uh we just getting started. Whole lot of things going on in sports. We got a full house, uh the usual suspects, Alex Clancy. We don't forget Clancy Corner. That's the second segment. Then we'll get down and dirty with Deborah. Cindy's in the studio with no mic. But I think she and Alex gonna, she and Alex gonna share mic. <laughs> no mic, but a lot of attitude. <laughs> no mic, but a lot of attitude. Because she wants to mention uh, Philip Humber or something, Phil Humber. We'll get to him. We got uh, Rich Britt in the house. Uh, it's been a long time since you've been around us. Yes, I see a reason why too. I'm about to hurt you before we start hey, the show. This is a studio, but this could turn into a boxing ring. There's, there's a whole lot of cushion Real in here. A whole lot of cushion in here too, yeah, brother. Give me a bell. You no, no, this whole session. This whole this cool. this. this Evaluate this guy. <laughs> Evaluate this guy. Watch his up and downs now. Just <laughs> I'll listen to that tone of voice. Yeah, listen to the tone of there voice. There you go. Because there's something going on with Deborah, him. Don't let him fool you. But, but look, <laughs> don't let him fool you. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Quam Last Sports Talk. Uh, and sometime Rich. <laughs> no, it, it should be Rich. Rich got some timing. I had to let Rich go. Uh, no, we have to, Rich left on his own. Rich he did? Like, yeah, it was too much talking. Not enough sports talking. So what you're doing right now is too much talking. No, I'm talking about when I was here. We had too many people on in satellite areas. And nobody can get anything across. Now we have a nice little table, round table here. You talking about the Kwame Lassa Sports Talk Show? With sometime Rich. Yeah. So, so you think you can come and go when you want to? Is that I what know you're that. saying? I did. That. Okay, I'm gonna show you something. <laughs> Watch this. Hey, don't call me David Copperfield for nothing. Watch this. I'm packing yeah. up the bus here. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, welcome to the show, Cindy. Cindy, you gotta get your um, you gotta get your mic. Why don't y'all just get cheek to cheek? Oh, no, that. I'm messing with <laughs> Alex is willing to share, though. Hey, uh, she wanted us to mention Philip Humber. He has a perfect game. I don't think it's been more than 10 guys that did it in a while. Well, we haven't done one since Burley did it, but, yeah. The- You're talking Burley. Are you talking like, yeah, I mean, you didn't say. Uh, they had a couple. Of, didn't they have a it couple was, this it was, year? It was two yeah, years ago. It was two years ago. It was about one. like a couple this year that almost went through, but a mistake here, a mistake I, there. I think, I night, think it's a. Inning, right? And this one was questionable too because the last out was. Yep. Oh, it was. was. That when he Check missed, swing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Was it or wasn't go. it? He did not go. If you look at it, he didn't get across. Right. So he didn't break plane. He yeah, but, do, but do, outside. It, yeah, but do you give? Um, I mean, because the ref, the umpires get so much into the game mm-hmm. that they be like, "This guy's pitching a perfect game. Give it to him or not. You got to keep the integrity of the game. Because right. as an umpire, you you're biased. It's hard. I mean, you can have a favorite team, but it's hard, you know, to say. This is my team. I want to win. Let me get them benefit of the doubt. It happens. We've seen it in basketball with the referees taking these buyouts. Uh, but it happens. But, you know, he pitches a perfect game. How much does that matter? I know now, today's time, it is uh, without the steroids. And I don't think... I don't know. <coughs> without the steroids. Yeah, yeah, without the steroids. You, you still think there's steroids the, in the baseball? Oh, well, the uh, National League MVP last year got popped for uh, steroids. Or, or it was a, it was a bunk, it was a bunk sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 now, he, but he, he appealed it. 
and won it. Won it. So as far as I'm concerned, that's out of my mindset. Well, it was it was due to a technicality. It wasn't due to the actual. Th- so the it could have been dirty, right? It because took too because long. it took an extra day for them to because it, uh, it was mishandled. Protocol. So protocol saved right. his, saved that's him. Ridiculous. So Matt Kemp should have been MVP. And look at what he's doing the start of this. I year. know, but he should. I'm, now we talked so about Matt this Kemp last year. Kemp. Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp from the Dodgers. From the Dodgers. Yeah. Should have been MVP. Oh, yeah. He is MVP. Well, cause he, there, there was a crazy stat that, like, it included uh, putouts from the outfield. Like, a guy had never done this set of stats in one year, and it was like it was it, it was insurmountable. It was it was, that, it was, it was, it was kind of like that triple crown thing. Yeah, but it was it was just it was different. It not as uh not as important. Most followed stats. It wasn't all the followed stats. It was like these little ones. And he, I mean, it was it was eight stats. Like and nobody had ever done that in all in one year, and he just he just gets overlooked because uh, Braun, Braun is Braun is a he's a baseball's baseball player, you know he's he's a, he plays for a small market team, and they him and Prince Fielder single handedly took them at least through Arizona, and um and almost took them all the way uh, to the mm-hmm. to the World Series. So so back at back to Philip Hummer, you get this guy. Um, now we'll get we'll get to those guys because we talked about that uh, quite a bit, and and who should have been MVP and what was done protocol of, of the testing um, allow him to appeal as Rich said and then and then and win that case so and do you put it behind you but Philip Hummer pitching a perfect game Twice with a questionable yeah Twice one no this um this reminds me of Armando Galarraga uh, the kid mm-hmm. who the big cat w- w- with the Tigers who uh, you know the, the ump obviously blows a call at first base as the last out oh, yeah. of the perfect game no hitter and uh, it just reminds me because you brought up the umpires, and it's yeah. like it's they can only do so much. There's so many calls that need to be made, especially obviously by the home plate umpire. He calls the balls and strikes. That was he obviously the, an out. Well, that one first base. I mean, that was yeah. and and that's why the that's why replay. I think at some point should get in for, for for bang bang plays. Maybe in the eighth and ninth inning or something. They do it towards the end of the game when the game matters. The game. Well, I don't think the game matters so much in the first inning. I, I think the game matters. Baseball is already a slow game. When do you put the uh, instant replay in? It's scary. I mean, it, to slow it down that much would be just scarier than hell. Then it was and at some watching. point, you know, sports are sports. There's, there's umpires are part of the sport. You know, if they make a bad call, they make a bad call. You got to live with it and go to the next play. The yeah. problem is at the end of the game when you've got something that's between a perfect game or not. I mean, that's yeah, that's a problem. Well, I, you, you coach, man. What's so I get a lot of that stuff. I'm an essence coach. guy. I can give Rats ass about all instant replay. I think essence is essence. Hey, essence. bleep him out. Go I'm ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we can say what we want to say. But I, as an essence guy, I'm not all about the instant replay. Period. Because it takes. I didn't grow up on instant replay. I grew up on making plays. And what you do as an athlete, you make sure that you take the referees out of the game. They shouldn't have an outcome on how the game is. So you play, and they're human. It's like sports is human. You know, my thing is, if we go, if everybody's talking about instant replay, I still think the Ravens should have been in the Super Bowl last year. The reason why? Because Lee Evans Lee caught Evans that catch. ball. Yeah. Both feet were down. Then the ball gets knocked out. In the end zone, well, all you got to have both feet down. Well, no, no, but that, that's the Calvin Johnson rule. Huh? That's the Calvin Johnson yeah. rule. Yeah, when he, he did you got to have control. control. Yeah, but he had control of the ball. He had, he had, the ball did not move while it was in his hands. Same thing with Calvin Johnson. Out. That's what he's saying. Same thing with right. Calvin Johnson. Well, yeah, well, then, you then, have to Arizona Cardinals would have won the Super Bowl then. Arizona Cardinals would have won the Super Bowl. The San Antonio Holmes catch. Exactly. Right, I'm just saying, I think that I'm not an instant replay guy. In baseball, I think you call balls and strikes, and that's it. But, but you don't think it's magnified more with the umpires and refs because, like, so say they blow a call and there's I'm no instant to. replay, then then it's obviously going to be shown. Oh, they got screwed out of the win because the umpire, because the ref made the wrong call. Okay, let's. I can't remember who was playing, but I saw it on I saw it on on, on ESPN. I think it was late last week, where the third baseman got the ball 
and he crawled to third base, and the guy was sliding in. The guy was actually safe because his foot hit the ball. The, the to me, the bag before he his hand touched the the base with the ball, but yet he called him out because of the, where the referee was standing at. That's where he got his a different perception. view. Yeah, yeah, so it's all about perception. Yeah. I think that in baseball, instant replay should be out of it. Now, the only thing I will say about baseball is this. Visually, if you can see the ball hit above the yellow line, an outfield home run. That's no, it. no instant replay on that? Just nah, go? Just go. If, you, if you can actually, it's all about the visual. Again, if the ball hits at the yellow line, you make a call. That's baseball. That's but, baseball's but, but all about. But this is like the technology in the 80s and 70s wasn't here. So now that you have the technology, wouldn't you want to implement it, get it right? But do we have better baseball back then than we do now? Well, who knows? You can say that across the board with yeah. football and basketball. That's the whole no, thing. No, no, we have better football now than we had back then. Well, and that's but, that, but, that's uh, conflicting. No, no that's I conflicting. Don't, I don't think so I think football was better that way. The rules have changed well, so much. I mean, I'm, I'm not, it, it, right nowadays, Ronnie Lott would be in jail and not be one of the best one of the best defensive players ever. Like you know, I'll, he would be in jail for talk, what he I'll, did. I'm, on I'm the not field. talking about as far as the, I'm not talking about the level of play. As far as athleticism, I'm talking about a few of the rules are better now than they was they were then. That's all I'm saying. I'm not so saying protecting the players is better. I mean, I agree. I think I agree well, with it too. But I said you take the players. You don't just protect protect the quarterback. That's the problem with the National Football League. Uh -huh. They need to protect right. the players. It's plural, not quarterback. And that's why this bounty thing is 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 blowing up as much as it did because it's going against everything. Well, that, it, it, going against everything that Roger yeah. Goodell is trying to instill. And with this bounty, Roger, my my thing with Roger Goodell is that he's been so. He's been so up and down with it. Yeah, I mean, you, you find a guy. Some of these plays, I don't think if you ever play, you can watch as much film as you want to. Some of those things cannot be controlled. You want, I'm a fan of protecting the player, but I'm a fan of the game being what the essence of the game. Physical football, today these guys do not even practice in two, a day, two a days. They can't go two right. practices without the pass. So protect the players, give them longevity. So I, I've been working on guys. I got guys that should be playing right now who should go in the draft. And I worked out guys that's going to get drafted. Mark Barron, he's going to be a first-round pick, probably to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, this guy in the, uh, the um, Notre Dame says that he's going to be a first-round pick, uh, possibly. But the way the game and the structure now, the way that no two-padded practice, there are a lot of guys that should be able to play now because they're going to look good in shorts. Well, my thing of it is, is too, is the fact of I understand them trying to protect the players. Okay, but I know for a fact when – Kwame, when you were playing, when I was playing, if I'm coming to hit you, first of all, I can't, I can't, if I move an inch here, inch there, I'm going to do more damage to myself than I'm going to do to you. And that's, huh? a, that's a known fact. Well, I, I, well that's the thing, I, when you're in motion, too. I mean, you, you know, can't mm -hmm. stop the motion. The motion is a forward motion, and if the other guy moves and you happen to hit him in the wrong place, whose fault is that? Is that your fault or his fault? Because it's just part of the play. I would have never, never thought that guys would go out to potentially injured somebody mm -hmm. until this year with the New Orleans Saints and Alex brought that up with the bounty and stuff like that. I went mm -hmm. out I, I know a lot of guys. The guys I play with and most of the guys I played against say get physical. I, I know I played against some guys say Kwame, my coach and it's not what they were supposed to tell us. They said I had a guy I played for Pittsburgh, he was the best third down back, I'm not gonna say his name. Best third down receiver in the game at that point. He said Kwame our coach told us cut y'all today. Mm -hmm. That's just out of respect. So now I tell the guys, be careful because they cut in day. We were playing Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they're not trying to hurt us. They're just doing what they do. Sometimes they make it look good so they can say they did their job and go at your feet because nobody's trying to injure somebody out there. And right. when, you begin, when you get to that bounty situation, it becomes a mess. It, it destroys the integrity of the game and, and who you are as a person. Well, I, I agree. I, one thing I would say, though, is like football, above any other sport, is incentive-based. 
Correct. So, so you get your base salary, and then depending on your numbers, well, and a base salary is guaranteed money. Maybe right. No base salary in football. Right, right, right. You're guaranteed whatever your signing bonus yeah, yep. or, or your guaranteed money. So everything else is incentive numbers based. So you look at these players with the bounties. Isn't it just another just another rung for incentive based? Pretty much. What you know, it is. with with no with no moral aptitude at all. You know, it's like if I can make the, it's the same thing as getting this many sacks. I'm going to get this bonus. If I hit this guy, I'm going to get ten grand. But it's, so, not, I mean, it's, but it's not just about the money. It is about the money, but it's, well, also, it is, yeah. it's also about the peer pressure of if everybody says you've got to do it and you're the guy that's not doing it, how do you go back to that line? Yeah, you know, what you do as a coach, I, I, never, I would never well, tell a guy, go out and injure this guy. Let's see if his leg is, his knee is healed. Right, up. no, well, of what course. I do, what I tell my guys is the same thing I was taught. I find a spot behind that guy and I go through him to that spot. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, that's yeah. how I was taught. Right. Yeah. If I'm coming to hit you, understand something. I'm going through you. I'm taking your backbone out and I'm going to get to where I was supposed to get to because my coach told me so. Yeah, and not and and, and the story coach told me so is the thing. Right? And, that's, yeah. and that's about it. And, and uh, I don't think those, but those are adult. Those are adults, right? I there. will say this: that listening to Greg Williams make that speech, he's an idiot. Some of it was idiotic, but some of it. Is what's always been told. You go, yeah. In one way or in one way or another, but some of the some of the language he used, mm-hmm. some of the grouping of some of the words right. was very dumb on his part. <laughs> yeah. but, but the still, message was always there, the but message, it was said differently. That message exactly. was yeah. is exactly. a universal yeah. message from A to Z right. to everybody in football. And, and yeah. he gets in that meeting, and it's night before a game, so he's wrapped up. Yeah, and he just let those guys can go out there and do that anyway. But now you specify. Which parts of the body to go after? Right. So now we're talking major injury. We're talking get him out on a stretcher. Now we're I don't care bounties. what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I do believe that as players, they know if you put Frank Gore out for a series or two series, there's a good opportunity you can win the game. Well, that's what they be trying. I'm trying to put Frank Gore out anyway. Exactly. I, oh, but you're going to do it within the rules of the game and the rules of, the of I'm your not position. To, I'm, not, he, I'm not going to go at Frank Gore's knees. I'm not going to go at his head because he had a concussion. I'm going to make a tackle the way I was taught to go through this guy and wrap him up. These guys today in the NFL cannot tackle. They try oh, to hit horrible. you. They hit him. Horrible. They hit him. And you're trying to they hit him. They put the shoulder like, into you and you think the guy's going to go down. Right. Us, yeah. uh, Frank Gore. What's he, 230 pounds? 230 yeah. pounds. Yeah. You've got a 200-pound defensive back, probably 190, trying to bring down 200 pounds by hitting him. Wrap up. Well, that's the thing. I think they've lost the nuances of the game of how do you play a particular position with the nuances of knowing where to hit, when to hit, how to hit, where your where the actual strength comes from when you're going to take somebody down. Yeah. And they've lost the nuances that make them play at their ultimate best. And you learn that in college, and people coming out of college a couple yeah, years see, early. See, I think, or, uh, or even Pop earlier. Warner. I think, yeah, Pop or even got to teach these guys how to tackle. But all these guys with this supreme talent. It's carried them up to this point. I mean, I use Carmelo Anthony as an example for another sport. You have supreme talent, but you don't know how to play the game. Let's take a break on that. We'll come yeah. back and we'll talk about that. We do have Clancy Corner in the second segment. Then we get down and dirty with Deborah. Uh, we got Cindy. Cindy, you, we got to get your mic. flagship station for sports voice america sports spin it with chuck foreman has a spin on so much that's going on it will be hard to fit it all into the promo we'll talk about the weekend games what to look forward to hot topics in the news spin it old school which gives a back in the day approach from chuck a no spin zone where chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news happenings and more it's football news and happenings tune in for spin it with chuck 
Mark Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back. Second segment. They talk about the eavesdropping stuff. Uh, you, you don't. Alex brings it up, but you don't think it's true. Rich. I mean, I think it's. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, have, I don't think it has any validation to it. I really don't. Really? All of a sudden now, it's just like everybody and their mother want to gang up on the Saints. Yeah, you know, because they started. They Saints brought them to the. Brought Let me tell you something, Kwame. I'm gonna tell you something right now, and you know better than I do. They've been bounties in the National Football League for a long time. There was time. one with a kicker. Buddy Ryan had one with a kicker. Okay, back in the day. Okay, the, the Eagles had them. Had them with the Eagles. He had them with the the Bears. And he had them with your Cardinals when you were there. I, I don't have no recognition. I figured no, you won't. I, I figured you. I, I, I know you won't because <laughs> at one point in time you probably wouldn't pay attention. I wouldn't have no knowledge of the bounties. But I'm just either. saying they were ba- been bounties for a long time, a long time. Well, yeah, but so, you know what? When you got a recorder playing and you see, you can see, you can see there's possibly a bounty, but you don't hear the information that's told behind it. Uh, this this guy for the Saints. He was being recorded, knowing the guy was in there with the recorder and, and, and saying what he said. And he was saying football stuff, but he was he partic- particularly saying go after his knee. Well, yeah, he was he was pointing fingers at certain parts of the body, which we all say is unfair. Yes, mm-hmm. understand that. But again, let's talk about the bounty situation. Let's, and the Mickey Loomis, the more the fallout from Mickey Loomis listening to what's been going on for the Saints for what, 2003 to 2004, something yeah. like that. Two to four. This, yeah, yeah. yeah. This that a, doesn't make sense to me. This is a, um, when was Katrina? It's different when frequencies. Was Katrina? 06. This was before. 06, okay. This before. All right, well. Well, here's the thing. So Mickey Loomis, I think they had Aaron Brooks as their quarterback, number one, okay? So they went 12 and 12 at home during those three years. They could have gone, you know, three and whatever. You know, three and twenty-one. Maybe, maybe just because their record stunk doesn't mean it could have been or should have been worse because he had this thing. But Mickey was in his box. In his I was always right, but he has. I mean, there's okay. So here's the thing. Maybe he's a new GM. Okay, maybe he was even just listening to just so he could so he could be a better general manager. He was listening to when, code. When he was listening to things happens. from other teams. I mean, there's different, when something bad happened. People are gonna speculate that they're doing something this and that. Uh, I've they're on a roll. They're on a roll, so they're gonna just compound on what the Saints are do- doing. I thought after Katrina, the Saints wins the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought that brings a whole light into the city, and then we find out that they've been doing this a, a, a whole, uh, quite a few times uh, with the with the bounties. But that, just, that, just, that, that, that wasn't the Saints. That was Greg Williams with the bounties. Right. It started wherever Buffalo, he was, but they, and in Washington, right. and mm-hmm. then the Saints. So but let's he, not put this. Let's not put all that on the Saints. The only problem is, is the Saints go. The reason everybody the Saints, the Saints is, got in trouble. The Saints is on trial, not Washington or but, Buffalo. But the Saints. But yeah, but people. Yeah, but they're going to get the people in Washington and Buffalo also. But let me finish what I'm saying. The Saints are only on. Uh, Greg Williams is only in. Saints are only in trial right now. Simple fact because of of the Greg Williams situation, right? Right. And Washington and Buffalo would not be on trial. I can guarantee you that because he is. They told this guy stop a long time ago. They the NFL had knowledge of it this. It goes back to what Michael Vick and Michael Vick never lied about dogs. 
Mike would have never got in trouble. Well, yeah, it wasn't about the dog. It was about lying to federal, federal, uh, he lied, he lied to, he lied right. to Goodell. When he lied to Goodell, it had nothing to do with it. He lied to Arthur Blank, who has more power than Goddell, Roger Goddell. Well, it doesn't make a difference. I'm saying, but if this, if if Sean Payton and them never didn't lie to the, to Roger Goodell, they would have never got the trouble they got into. Well, yeah. if he would have stopped when they told him to stop, they, well, knew, they had information about this well, long time three ago. years ago. Yeah, but I mean, it's also because the Saints are America's sweetheart team still. So this is a huge shock that Nothing happened there. Happen to us, yeah. right? And well, I mean, it, it wasn't even like that. They were the you know they were the, the darling of the because after Katrina, you know, they built they rebuilt everything and then they right. win the Super Bowl that they that nobody thought they were going to win because they were going against Peyton Manning, who's you know nails. So. That after all that happened, and then this come down, it's like boom! It's like it's like the hammer got brought down, and then now with all the allegations of Mickey Loomis, well, it's like. So. But you're right. But now these this two the guys don't, aren't even a part of the organizations anymore, like uh, Greg Williams, and it's like. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It, They're digging right now because the magnifying glass is on them. Yeah, the reporters true. are all around them. Yeah. They're going to dig up everything they could possibly it's find, and they could go to any team and start digging, though. and they could find. Yeah, well, and it's that's the same thing. Out. It's the same thing with this guy. Okay, here we are, a few days from the draft. Now RG three has a problem. It's oh, the same that's, thing. oh, yeah. That's not now, with that. now he has a problem <laughs> with his uh, image or with his uh, right. who he is as a person. When you, his when character you, is down different. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, and all of yeah. and everything because we say, of one guy who won't even state his name. Well, you won't state his name. Why, when place. you put that on Facebook, when you blog that on Facebook, I went off because to me that is just in my Mike Tyson's voice. That's ludicrous. <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously, think about it. I mean, because this man, him and his agent said, "You saw my body of work at Baylor for the last two years. You saw me run at the combine. Right. You came to my pro day." Why do I need to come work out for you individually? I, w- I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't he do it. He did as, right as, by now. Yeah, so now he has, a, he has a character issue? Of course. Child, please. Of course. Look, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do it. When I've done everything I possibly can to put myself in, and I win the Heisman, I put myself in the best position uh, possible to get drafted, number one. What, what else do I need to do? Exactly. Now, it's yeah. you who's not going to draft me, number one. But there's number two. With the... Um, with the salary cap the way it is now, it's not it's not going to be a big difference. Mother it's just thought, a, it's just a process. It's just more so. I was the number one draft, or I was the number two draft. My right. other thought process on that is last year, last year, Ryan Leaf went into 2011, 2010 season as the number one quarterback across the board in NCAA. Who? Right. Ryan uh, Leaf. Ryan, Ryan Leaf. I mean, uh, Ryan Luck. Luck. Whatever. Andrew, Andrew, Luck. Luck. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. I apologize. One of those young guys. Yeah. yeah. Andrew. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> Andrew Luck goes into the 2010 season as the best quarterback mm-hmm. on record. Right. Cam Newton comes out of nowhere. Right. Wins the Heisman. That's right. Wins the national championship. Boom. Okay. This year he stayed because he wanted the Heisman. I don't care what no one says. Mm-hmm. He stayed one more year because he wanted the opportunity to win the Heisman. I, I don't think. Um. I hear you, but I don't think Cam Newton came out of nowhere. Cam Newton just played one year of Division One football. I, I he, was, he was in Florida. Honestly, he was in Florida. Then, then played, he went to Blinn. But then he went and won two national championships. He, then he went to Auburn. As a, but he, he still came out of nowhere. It's the same thing with – I don't know if he came out of nowhere. He came he's out a, nowhere. This guy can play football. No. He's a winner. Cam Newton is making RG3 money right now because they're the same kind of player. No, no, so they're RG3, not. Oh, no, they're not. No, they're not. You're ki- no, they're not. He's, he's the, he's the, he's the runner-passer. People thought that after Michael Vick, nobody else would be able to do what he did to revolutionize the sport. Cam Newton blew the roof off. You know last how many games came? You know how many guys came before Michael Vick had this style? Don that they won that play? Well, how many of them won Super Bowls? Rand, huh? How many of them won Super Bowls? Probably zero. So this is the new Randall thing. This Cunningham. is the new wave, right? You, you, so you saying? I'm saying this you, is the new wave. They, they're taller, stronger, faster. Evolution. And, and they have protection. <laughs> and they have protection. 
from the league no, from not getting oh, hit. Oh, yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. making him even better. Not Michael Vick. Mike Vick doesn't have protection. No, no. Well, Mike, 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 no, he no, turns it to run. He's reaping right. what he sowed. No, he so turns it to run. This is all. That's different. How it goes from him. Michael Vick. How it goes Michael from Vick him to, to other every quarterback. Yeah. Wait, wait. How it goes from Michael Vick to every other quarterback? He doesn't have protection. If you're a quarterback, you're a quarterback. I don't care if you can run or not. Well, he's just, just not smart when he runs. And can't run. He's not. He's not. He's not smart when he runs. Michael Vick. First off, that's why he gets hurt. Michael Vick is a runner. But I'm saying, okay. My point is that Cam Newton, his success. Allowed RG three to look even better. So that's Cam my point. Uh, to translate into an NFL quarterback. What you saw. What you saw. And there you go. What you but saw. But that's what he said about Cam Newton. And he keep, he threw so for so many yards last year. You watch. You watch RG three today. I mean this year. Yeah. So I still it, think Andrew Luck should have been Heisman, but. What? Well, that's, a, that's his opinion. He's crazy. The uh, full year? The full yeah. year. Uh, RG three had, had a good, for he had a good year. second half of he the year. RG three had a good full year. They went six and zero in Baylor. Oh, Never say before in their year. life they started off six and zero in Baylor. Well, ever. Ever, 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 and that ever. made him look better than maybe what his numbers well, okay. were. Okay, let me let me let me say. Anyways, this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You saying you watch RG three this year? You watch everything. So I did. before you saw Cam Newton, you didn't think he was the uh, Heisman candidate because you saying he's who he is because of Cam. No, I'm saying that he's his I, draft I, I, stock. No, I'm saying his draft stock has sh- shot uh, shot rocketed straight up because Cam everybody benefited. Everybody benefited from the the guy before. Sure. And and the draft, who who was drafted first number one? Who's drafted Cam Newton? Mm-hmm. Year, who was yeah. drafted before him? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't know. Everybody benefited. If if you go number one and you make this much money, if I'm going number one next year, I'm gonna make more. I'm gonna make ten percent more. Than let you. me let me do this. What made Cam what, what Cam was number one last year, and what made Cam stand out is because when Mike got drafted number one overall by the Atlanta Falcons and went and led the Atlanta Falcons to the playoffs That's his just freshman year, his rookie year, uh-huh. and, it's, and, and by doing, I still think, and right now I'm thinking, when I think about Michael Vick, I think about against the Minnesota Vikings, when I see Corey Chavis and somebody else, they're running to each other, and yeah. Mike runs right between them, and, yeah. and then boom, boom, like, like the follies. You look at me like it was me, it wasn't me. I know, but, <laughs> I know, but you went next to oh, yeah, so it's all yeah, good. It wasn't me. <laughs> but, Again, that's what you think about, and they always want to put to him. You think about Cam Newton. Cam Newton reminds you of a 2011 Ram Cunningham. He can throw the ball. He makes some of the most spectacular plays ever. Okay. And I talked and I talked about I his uh, offensive coordinator making him throw the ball all the time when he had two running backs back there hand the ball right. off, and they have they had a good defense, but that defense couldn't be utilized because they was always on the field. Right. And you also have Steve Smith on that team. He that has made, Steve Smith. That, like against against Arizona, the first game of the year last year, he threw for over four hundred yards. Bananas. Steve Smith had a bunk eight, had a, had a buck eighty. And, and, just, and, and has just, a new contract. Just, well, yeah, but he ripped Patrick Peterson on his first NFL game. So I don't know what way you attested more to Steve Smith or Patrick Peterson being. If you I know, put you, know, if I put you on the field, I expect you to perform. So I don't get Patrick Peterson. Look at his body of work, and only in one year he did. What he, spoke, he was learning. Well, he you ran gotta, four back too. You got to go what everybody exactly. looks at. Now you got to go through somebody scorching you. If that's the case, it's going to come a point in that year you're going to get ate up as a corner. It's part of your growth. Yeah, and look at them now. But again, He's that's what it's all order. about. A, cor- there are, a corner gets ate up once or twice mm-hmm. a season, maybe and once, or, once or twice a game, and one it, time or another. They're not, again, the defense is only supposed ain't there to stop you every time. They're there just to control the control the offense, and if they, they can get three and out. And offensive, I know for my guys, I teach my guys this: if I can get th- four and a half. For a half is always a field goal for me. If I can get four and a half to five stops a game, we'll win the game. Bottom line, that's how I feel about it. What's Clancy Corner? Uh, it's about Ron Artest. Okay, go. 
Uh, Ronald Test, uh, if, if you've been, if, if you haven't seen this weekend, he laid an elbow down on James Harden of Oklahoma City in the second quarter of their game on Sunday, uh, knocking Harden down. He was on the court for a couple minutes. He was on the floor. Day to day with a concussion. Uh, this reminded me, obviously, of the malice in the palace when he played with Indiana and ended up going into the crowd after Dr. Pepper was thrown at him by a fan. I, there's no room in the game for this. Uh, I'm a diehard Laker fan. Grew up in L.A., born and raised. And I saw his face. Oh, stop it. Stop I'm, it. My nose running. Go. <laughs> my nose running. I saw go. his face after he laid the, after he laid the uh, elbow out, and it looked like the face he had on when he was completely out of control in Indiana. And right after, when people what people didn't see, if unless you're watching the game, was he almost went chest to chest with Serge Ibaka, ready ready to rumble right there, yeah. and it would have been round two. Yeah. So the thing is that the Lakers need him. It was a huge game for the Lakers. They could drop to the four seed if they would have lost that game. Had to play Memphis instead of playing Denver. You, nobody wants to play Memphis in the first round. They're the sexy pick to get through get to the Western Conference Finals. Ron Artest lost himself. He was so good since he came to the Lakers. But if he continues this and continues this. If it starts back on the trail of destruction, he's going to be out of the league, maybe in jail, and never be able to be played in the NBA again. No, seriously, what he did was inexcusable. I think, There's uh, I no think professional athletes can go to jail. I think professional athletes can go to jail what they do in their uh, chosen sport. I think it's possible. You look at the hockey guys. Who? Uh-huh. Exactly. If Tom Bertuzzi didn't go to jail for that hit, then there's no way. Hockey hit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't think I sit here and I honestly don't think that if I looked at the video a few times. Which one? The Ron Artest when he hits. I think he was so excited he just swung this way. I don't even think he saw the guy next to him. Felt that him. elbow was high. It was high. I think Ron Artest should be suspended. Right. Well, he, he, went, he went from pounding his chest like he does to an elbow. That was that court. You can't I, choreograph that. I think correctly he went, and make it look. This. I think he was trying to do this. Mm, he but can't I think do it was too. I, I don't know. Maybe he can't, I, just, I don't even think they can do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. But I'm saying that's why he went like this. Uh, oh, well, man. here's the thing, and that then was, he wasn't even protecting the ball. It wasn't in the middle of a play. It wasn't anything else. The play, play was over yeah. and done. Yeah. He was doing his Tarzan move, and then he turned around. Somebody was up on him. He didn't even know who it was, and he raised right an elbow the elbow high. Stem. And I mean, but he then, he brought it forward all the way yeah. forward first, and then yeah, out. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't pushing somebody Look away. Look at that thing in slow motion. He got a glimpse of who. He know that wasn't a, a gold jersey next to him. He oh, got yeah. a glimpse of who that guy. Look at it in slow motion. You, he, James Harden, was one of the good yeah, guys. He now was, you just James made him, a good guy. Now you just turn him into I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Now if you man to man, him yeah. or somebody else on the team will. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you think yeah. Kendrick Perkins yeah. won't do something if the Lakers oh, play them again? Got somebody's got Somebody's a bleed. But, but that would be Fisher. That would be Fisher. And you guys know this. Fisher's, what do you mean? Fisher sets the tone for the Lakers coming playoff time. Yeah. He is that guy that does that to somebody before the playoff starts. This is how we're going to play. Don't be surprised about yeah. it. But you don't el- some, elbow somebody Fisher's in the head. The, okay, okay, not the way that. concussions are. Not the way, period. Right. You can elbow somebody in the head. It can be hit him in the temple. This guy can be done. Especially because now concussions are... Like actual concussions are called concussions now, and not overlooked and saying, "Oh no, he's okay to play." We're, we're going to we're going to up a we're gonna, bit. Right. Well, even yeah. after that hit, they're going to be like, you know, he can come back in the game, but we're going to monitor his progress throughout the game. If he gets one more hit in the head, he could die on the court. You know, what I mean, it's like it, now they actually treat concussions as they should, and they're keeping people out, and that's that's bad for OKC. I feel horrible for James Harden. I, I feel bad for the hit and, and James Harden and so forth, but but, but if 
Serge Ibaka came to you, you better square up too because sure, you don't no, know no. what's coming. And that's what Ron did. He squared up. And now he didn't. Now normally Ron probably would have lunged at him and, and tried to initiate the contact. But Ron, I looked at the video and Ron sitting back there. He squared up. He did right by squaring up. Serge Ibaka's coming up on him. Well, you got to square you up too. Protect yourself at sure. all times. No, no, you know, that's, that's fair. Yourself, that's fair. But he wanted. He you could see in his eyes that he wanted Serge to charge him. Revenge is winning the game. Revenge is not. I'm gonna get I you. I cannot believe. You. Well, and then you go back. I, I will suspend him. I will suspend him with Russell Westbrook shooting four for twenty. Six or whatever, and the Lakers win the game. Russell but I didn't see Harden coming up Cole on him. Was on I mean, Harden hit. was there. That's, Harden, yeah. that's all. He was there. He and had to be in the rebound. wrong place at the wrong time, the second, and that was it. That, yeah. that set the tone for the game. But they went still won what double overtime? Yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah, the, the Lakers double, were yeah. down eighteen in the second quarter, and they came back and won. So that yeah. that's that threw the whole thing without Harden playing one hundred percent. True. Okay, see, so won't get past and, the first round. And right, no, no, okay, that's what true. they say. I agree. I agree with, with that. What? I agree without with that. Harden, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. scores yeah. on the yeah. team. Yeah. Only and those Derek three guys Fisher, score. And Derek Fisher's not really in fully into the mix no, with no. OKC yet. Well, no. Harden, Harden is what comes off the bench and gives oh. you that same start. Yes. Well, yeah, but yes. you have, I mean, Derek Fisher. He's going to give the. He's going to have. He's going to be in Russell Westbrook's head the whole time because he's done it before. He's been there so many times. He's going to be the veteran leadership that they haven't had in the past. And now that's not going to do any good if I got Kobe on you. Kobe, Kobe doesn't play defense. Kobe, <laughs> Kobe is the <laughs> most. Hey, you smack him, talk. I'm too close to Kobe. Kobe, how long Hey, you want to slurp now when I'm talking? When I'm the bad dog and Kobe? No, no, you I'm not a Kobe, Kobe fan. Man. I'm you not a Kobe too much fan. I am a Kevin Durant fan. I still think Kevin Durant is probably one of the best NBA players in the national in the association. Oh, yeah, I think he is. But too. Kobe Bryant is the emblem. Oh yeah, I agree. No, absolutely. I, I'm, I, I, this conversation I'm just saying he doesn't play defense as well as everybody thinks. He just said he doesn't play defense, but. But Kobe is Kobe is the anchor. We're gonna play, start playing some music because there's dancing defense? going no, on. No, no. Kobe. <laughs> you think is, Kobe don't play defense? I Kobe is the guy who said, "Give me LeBron he, James." He's not a lockdown defender. He always was the one that guarded Reg and Rondo. He's always the guy that guards the least offensively talented okay, player. John, Rondo, and he okay. comes off and he comes he, off and doubles oh and gets steals God. and blocks. Watch. Uh, let me watch. let me tell you this. Just watch him play as, defense. As a coach, as a coach, would you put Kobe on your number one guard? Not if I'd run our test or Matt Barnes or no, somebody no, else. No, I'm just no. talking about Kobe and, and somebody else. Kobe on your number one guard. If you put that Kobe takes on away LeBron, from him all game. Kobe's gonna play more minutes than most most guard most people in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't want him going back and forth the whole game unless Kobe said, "Give me run our test." Oh, give me. Who did Michael Kobe. Jordan guard when he played in the NBA? The best offensive player on the other team. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he, didn't. he was the best offense, best defensive guard ever. No, he didn't. Michael Jordan. What you think? That's Kobe why does? he's the best uh, player well, of all no, time. No, he did not all the time. Y'all watch the same. Well, what Scotty, basketball games y'all watching? Scotty, Scotty, probably, Scotty was a better defender than Mike, even though Mike got well, because seven, he was taller Mike was and longer. Defender of the that year. don't mean he's a better because he's tall and longer. I mean he's better because. But he's you understand, good. He, you he understand the difference that like Michael Jordan, there was no question who he was going to guard, right? You don't understand. No I'm not going to put Kobe unless Kobe said I want this guy, and already I can't question that. Because he's he's mentally ready and focused in his game. And, and he's Kobe. I'm not gonna put him on. <laughs> I'm not gonna put him on Durant. Yeah, and I'm not gonna put him on Durant. Now he's working on both ends of the floor. That's that's well, nonsense. You got to use your players where they're gonna play best. Yeah, exactly. You know, take their attributes and I mean, play them like, out. It's like if Deion Sanders came to me and said, "Coach, I want Megatron." Knock yourself I'm out. I'm gonna go. Game changes right there. You <laughs> can't, deal. You can't come to me and say I want somebody. I'm gonna give them to you. Well, yeah, yeah but you're only definitely. playing one side of the ball, though. Who? In in football, you're only playing one side. Deion played both sides. Well, yeah, but he's he not played, playing both he sides. He played three sides. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's real. But he's okay. So lost it. That's <laughs> what I thought. You damn right. You <laughs> lost it. Oh, no, no, no. Kobe is the emblem. What you said is right. So Kobe does it all from from. 
top to bottom. Kobe, and I'm not a Kobe Bryant. I'm not, I hate the Lakers. I'm not a Kobe Bryant fan. I don't fan. like the Lakers at all. You're the one over there slurping. <laughs> wipe, wipe your mouth yeah, off. Yeah, he needs a dig on But all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is Kobe Bryant is the emblem. Oh, take, I agree. Take Jerry off the emblem and put Kobe Bryant there. It's just funny that because LeBron James <laughs> with the eight jersey. Eight, oh, no, I, no, no. Do you take no. you take, take Jerry uh, West off the emblem? Put Kobe there. Why you said that? Because Kobe's the emblem. Kobe is the essence of now. Of he is not in this generation. Not he is. Jordan. I think Jordan. So you should, you should, I think this generation. Yeah. And look at the All Star game. Remember when Kobe went up to LeBron after he missed, after he didn't take the shot at the last seconds of the NBA All Star game. He's trying to give the keys to LeBron, but LeBron just slaps him out of his hands whenever he tries to he give it never, to him. He will never have it's that. Just, he doesn't it's have so that frustrating because Kobe's got two good years left. So maybe he's got says, twelve. Says maybe you. he's got twelve. Says who, who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, he, oh, well, he's thirty three, leading the league in scoring. So. Exactly. Plus he's gonna go well, play in the Olympics. Exactly. Plus he's gonna go play. Like, he's not gonna play. The Olympics is like you and I going to well, play outside some, in the park. Well, yeah, that's, they're, that's, they're not playing. But anyways, for real. but I agree, Rich. I agree that uh, Kobe it comes is the down anchor. To it. He's the anchor of the NBA, and nobody can touch that because until you win championships like he did, the next guy is gonna be Kevin Durant. Thank you. I hope, this I hope guy so. cannot be I hope stopped. So. He's a product. He of cannot he's be stopped. They haven't. He's been in the league four years now. He hasn't. They haven't won anything yet. Who? Uh, Oklahoma City. I know. I know. The first two years was tough because they didn't have any talent. They were in Seattle. Right, but and then they had nobody. But you, I, I'm not, I don't, the last I'm not two years, the I would last love two to come years, in the league and win right away if it's possible. But you got to come to a team who has some veteran leadership there. Wh- where did Kevin Durant come to? They were in Seattle when he was with. Yeah, they and, and, and they guy. weren't good. He had nobody, <laughs> so they built that. T- I think they have a pretty good team right they now. Are, to well, go they with are. Those, well, their big three is. I mean, it's so exciting, and they're so they're so. I'll, take, the, I'll take their big three before I take. Um, well, how can you say big three? They got big four. Who? You Serge got Kendrick Perkins, Serge Ibaka, Derek Westbrook, Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. I'll take that that team right, that Oklahoma City team. And they got seven other role Miami's, players before I take Miami. City. And they got like what? So almost seven other role players that come off the bench and play for they they got a deep Oklahoma City have a deep bench. And then one you know one, one thing that people forget about Oklahoma City is Eric Maynard, their backup point guard that came out of uh Virginia Commonwealth, mm-hmm. their backup point guard, he he tore his ACL at the beginning of the season. So they don't have a backup point guard. You got Derek Fisher. Well no, but Derek Fisher well, they didn't before they traded before they traded him. They didn't they trade tra- they didn't trade for Derek Fisher. Oh no, Fisher. Well, when he no, signed no, with them, I mean, when, when he signed right. with yeah. them, I mean they didn't have like a sud, Eric Eric Bader Bader is well, a yeah. great backup Fisher. point guard. That's the reason so, Fisher went there. We yeah, don't get so down there. All right, we, we that was classic corner. I don't know where it went, but uh, I don't know Kobe. No, <laughs> I don't defense. even know where it started. Yeah, so Kobe. No went. defense. I thought, watch, I thought he was going play. Something. Watch him play. I think Ooh. I think I came, here, I came back for this mess. Cole. Oh, stop it! <laughs> man, I I'm think about to lo- go back to DC. Yeah, I think get, as long as you talk, get, get really- sending her mic back. You know what I mean? I'm done. Sending had his mic back because all that Clancy corner was. Get out of here. Well, I think I, as, as long as you talk really, really loud, then you must be right. I think that's what right. I'm getting is I, you just got to talk loud and you must I be know right. know a lot of but people these, like that. I know, I just but don't, I don't know. Kobe, Kobe plays defense. That's, it's tough. It's tough. I'm, I'm not a Kobe fan, but I think he's one of the best in the game still at 33. It's like saying something good about Kwame. You just can't find anything. You can't, you can't find anything. You just got to watch. I don't do a lot of talking. It's all <laughs> actions, baby. Lord, we won't get down and dirty with Deborah because uh, these uh, Neanderthals don't know what they're talking about. Uh, where, where's my Eminem music? I need my lead in, dude. I told him. I told him. You know what I did? I <laughs> no worries. Him, I told him. Uh, What'd you tell go him? Go right through a break. What'd you tell him? You want, some, right. you want some Eminem? No, no, no. I'm Give good. Me some I'm good. Give me some Eminem. I'm good. Give me some Eminem. So anyway, right so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the steps to build your mental and emotional strength conditioning so that you can elevate your performance and really get into being your absolute best. We went through the assessment so you can get your baseline of specifically and exactly what do you want. 
where are you right now and what's getting in your way. And then last week we talked about expectations, getting crystal clear, and I mean crystal clear about realistic and idealistic goals, managing your expectations, because when you learn how to manage them, now you've got the motivation and your performance starts to go up. So now over the next few weeks, we're going to start digging deep. We're going to start getting into what's really getting in your way. And here's what I found uh, to be true about all the players that I've worked with, whether I don't care if even my clients when I was in business or in sports, that the biggest problem, the biggest roadblock that I see is that there's a gap. There's a gap between huh, great leading guys as to what people say they're going to do and what they actually do. There's a lot of big talk and a lot of things that, uh, you know, guys will say, well, yeah, that's, you know, I've got a clean slate this year. This is my year. I'm going to do it. You know, things are going to be different. But what happens is they get busy. They do a lot. They work really hard. They go through their strength conditioning. They go through their technical skills. They practice really hard. But the problem being, I call it, they're just jumping up and down. They're doing the same thing they've been doing. They're doing it over and over again, and they're expecting new and different results. And until they, until they start doing different, something different, they're not going to advance beyond where they already are, and that's the name of the game. I don't care where you are, whether you're a high school kid or whether you're a 10-year veteran in the pros, you know, you've got to be able to do something different in order to advance yourself. So one of the things I want to look at is who's the opponent in this whole thing. Uh, when I talk to my guys, I mean, I talked to a veteran yesterday. He's been in seven years. When I ask him about routines, he could name, I mean, every step without hesitation what he does as far as watching game films and studying his opponent. Absolutely down to the nth degree, he knows what to do, how to do it, when to do it to study his opponent. The problem is the biggest opponent we have is ourselves, mm -hmm. is an aspect of ourselves, and I won't even say and it's us, because the real us, any one of us, we are strong, we are talented, we are capable. The problem is the opponent that gets in the way is our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, and our emotions that get in our way, and we just tend to back down to those for whatever reason. So my thought, my, my plan is, whenever I work with an athlete, is to find out, which is what the assessment was all about, is who is your real opponent? Let's get down, let's get down and dirty and find out what are you thinking, what are you feeling, what are you believing? And to observe it, just like you would a game film, to observe your own life and look at exactly how are you acting, how are you behaving, what are your routines? I can remember hearing, and I can't remember if it was in a film that I watched or if it was in just watching sports over the years where I think it was in basketball, they said, I want you so close, so up on that guy, it might have even been a Rodman type thing, that I want to know what kind of gum he's chewing because you are so close, you know what they're thinking, what they're believing, you know what ticks them off, you know what pushes their buttons, and then you start planning what you're going to do about it. And that's the exact same way we need to be about ourselves is examining ourselves to a point, observing, not chastising, observing at first so we can make changes with what we know to be true about ourselves. Those are, in my opinion, are professionals. Those guys who can transcend their game from one year to the next. Find out what you do. I know a lot of times when you, when you go through games and, and you're defending somebody, and as you said, Deborah. This is the guy you have. I want you to be so far in him mm -hmm. that you know what kind of gum, what his breath smells like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th that's the guy you want. So now you got to find out. Now hey, you got to look at yourself you that look same at yourself, way. Because I want to know how would I beat myself so I, I never get beat on the field. Mm -hmm. Or if this guy, I got to think like he would probably be thinking, mm -hmm. how would I beat myself? And then that's what I work on. You work on everything, but how if I was this guy or this team, how would I try to get to the secondary a lot quicker. Well, and the other part of that, too, you're absolutely right, but the other part of that, too, is looking at what's, you know, what's been beating you down. Mm. 
So when you get ready again, there's guys that practice really, really well, and then they get on the field and they start falling apart, and they're falling apart because of the pressure. Practice players. That's what we call them. Practice yeah, players. That's exactly and, it. The pressure starts yeah. getting to them, and they don't know what to do about it because they don't understand themselves well enough and have low. the procedures and the techniques in order to handle that pressure, so they can take that talent. Fight you know. or flight. They go on panic mode. That's exactly. You right. have to. You have to trust yourself enough to say. Uh, I've done everything I can through the week, Sunday, this is the day, or whatever well, game day it is. And here's but, the thing with fight or flight, I apologize for just a second, but it's, no, you're either going to, <laughs> you're either going to run or you're going to fight, or the third one of that, you're going to lay down. Yep, one exactly. of those three. Well, a lot of times, what I tell my players when I was coaching is, is two things. I said, number one, I will not be outcoached. Without mm-hmm. a shot of a doubt. That guy's not going to outcoach me. I study film every day, all day long. Mm-hmm. That's without a shot of a doubt. I will not be our coach. Right. And the second thing I tell the guys is, is I can't coach you on game day. That's right. Coaching right. is done. You better know. Yeah, it's, yeah you're if instinctual you're not, at that point. If you're not doing what you, if you're not doing what you need to do right. during the course of the week, you will not be prepared on Sunday, and you will get a beat down on Sunday. And you're probably not playing anyway if you're not doing what you're doing during the week because right. a coach is not gonna put you out. This guy not ready. Well, no, no, no. They're, they're not doing what they're doing during the week. They're not doing it on their own time. Right. They'll come into practice, they'll listen, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, no sir, no sir, no sir, and get on game time, talking about my bad. I don't want to hear my bad on yeah, game day. No. I don't want to hear my fault on game day. But yeah. here's the problem with guys. I mean, you can have, like we talked about the college guys that are now going into the draft this week that are going to be, and I don't care if they're first-round picks or they're the third day, but they get into the pros and all of a sudden they're not in college anymore and it's a whole new game. They may have skills. They may be able to hone those skills, but if they can't hone the pressure and know how mm-hmm. to take their techniques and have have techniques in order to apply when the pressure comes up, because the pressure's not going away, but you've got to know how to handle it in the moment. She says something that I tell guys, and you witness this, no matter how tired you are, no mentally or physically, if you resort to technique, it will always get you through. Absolutely. But when you, they, like you said a second ago, about when they don't know how to, it's four-letter word. It's called life. Mm-hmm. They can't cope to life after college. Because they cause have everybody doing everything in their world for them, and when they well, get out of college, they got everybody trying to take everything from them. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. They've been so told what so to do, on. when to do it, how yes, to ma'am. do it, yep. all the way through, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they're in a place where they're a commodity, yep. and they don't know what to do about nope, it. Not at all. And they've got the pressure of trying to learn and try to grow and trying well, to get the ideal job it, that they've wanted all the time, the and it scares the hell out the of them. The difference in guys, I know when you come here, you gravitate to that guy who's doing something professionally. Depending on what kind of person you are. You, if you was that guy who got in trouble in college often, you're going to come to the next level. If you make it to the next level, most times a lot of those guys do. Mm-hmm. You're going to come and you're going to find that same guy. But if you're not transforming your life and into something different, if you, if you was that bad guy in college, mm-hmm. when you come here and when you come to the pros, you better find somebody who's being a professional. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the good guys you learn do. learn to model somebody yeah. who's doing something so, that you like and like, does I it gotta, well. I have to change everything I'm doing if I want to stay is around it, and sleep. Is it the coach's job? To keep life in order while the players are with which level like, with them which, which level any any well, I mean especially I would say especially professionally because there's a lot more to deal with because you're adults and you're not you're well, not kids anymore so with the life thing is it is it the coach's responsibility to try and do their due diligence to block have them block out everything college that yes could cause them uh, cause it to, to harm their game well, my point of professionally. To a point, yes, because there need to be outlines for these guys. Because I'm looking, these guys are coming from a, a supervised environment. So when they get when they graduate when they get get graduate college or leave college and come to the profession, come to the real world, mm-hmm. all right, they need to have outlines. So if a coach does his due diligence, okay, he knows he has some guys that are you know they're 
character issues, they're, they're, you know, and then that middle percentile mm-hmm. character, they just need to have that right person, like a Kwame Laster or like a Rob Moore or like some of the other guys that were on the Cardinals back them. in the day. That be, not really mentor them, mm-hmm. but to, to be there if they need, just somebody to lean on when they need something. Mm-hmm. Not really to be in their face at all times, but, you know, if they, if Kwame, I know Kwame, a go-to is, very, person. Kwame yeah. is a very studious guy. He's always, mm-hmm. he's aware of what goes on around him. And if he knows, um, like I remember back in the day when C. Chavis and all the guys were here, that they always spent time together because in order to make those other guys better because he needed those guys to be better around him because if they weren't going to be better, he wasn't going to be better. Right. And, and then a team, like when they, they tried to get Pat Tillman my job, and Pat Tillman, that's, that's my buddy. They tried mm-hmm. to get my job. Me and Pat Tillman looked at each other and said, let's get it done. I didn't, we didn't not like each other or, or was arm distance from each other. I say, Pat, whatever you need, you, we're we going to do it. Right. It, it's not about me or it's not about the individual. It's about what? How far can the team go? One person goes down, we still got to be able to move as a team. Yep. That's it. So it's, it's not you a lot of self the mothership. And to answer Alex's question, I think more personally, I think more so in college than pros. Pros, you're a grown man. You better come here. This is what's expected of you. College, that coach and those scouts and those assistant coaches sat in those parents' room and said, "We're gonna take care of your son." Because when they noticed that kid, it was on the field. It was on a, it was on a court. So they said, we're going to take care of your son. Now, how do you get in trouble like a, a um, what's the guy, Denard, over in Nebraska? He's just getting out of jail today. Yeah. $5,000 fine for hitting a, a policeman. But uh, what situation are you in? Police officers never say he was a cop when they, when they, were, in, when they were doing it. If the, if the cop does not say I'm a police officer, well, yeah, he needs to get thing. stolen that's if he's in my, if he's doing something. So yeah. I don't want to hear that. But, no, he's but, an let's a, go. but he's an athlete, so they're going to take him that's and, make, why make the, and make the news out of it. That's, but let's keep yourself Henry. out of let's those situations. About, let's talk about the late Chris Henry. I honestly believe if Marvin Lewis would have pulled him in the office of earlier and mentored him a little bit more, and that's the problem, that he's – these head coaches in the National Football League, the ones that get recycled over and over and over, mm-hmm. don't do it. I know Marty was a talking to all the players. Schottenham? Yeah. Marty's an idiot. Well, you think he's an idiot because of how he coaches. No, but, yeah. But, oh, yeah. I, think, <laughs> yeah. but I, th- I just, I personally believe. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I personally believe that if these NFL coaches, as the position group coaches and so forth and so on, they need to get these rookies in there on a weekly basis. Hey, what's going well, on? Uh, well, so forth well, and so here's on. The, here's the problem with all that is that we gotta talk I hockey. think. I think the, <laughs> I think it is the coaches, you know, part of their responsibility to know their players and to mentor their players and it's to actually fun. inspire their players. The problem becomes a player, especially when you get into the pros, the player doesn't want to say, you know what, I'm concerned, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm, you know, I've got issues, I've got whatever, because anything that they might say or show any form of weakness, they're out and the next guy is in. Mm-hmm. So they have to deal with yeah. their own thoughts when they get home or they're in the hotel room or they're in the bus or or they're in the locker room before the game. They're trying to figure out what do I do with all these thoughts and these emotions that are going through me that I'm thinking and wondering, holy shit, what am I going to do today? Right. And those are the things, that's the area where I step in and help them both on the field and off the field so that they can play at their best. And when they hear that inspiring talk from their coaches, they know what to do with it. They know they can handle it. They think at the uh, next level that they should know everything. And the next level is where you better come in and ask more questions than you asked in college. That's right. Yes. Uh, these well, guys don't ask questions because they feel like... And if you've never been taught, how do you expect to know? The guys go out and find coaches for everything yeah. else, but the one area that can actually wipe out all of their talent, they don't seem to go out and say, but I could use some help here. Right, and and far as the pros and stuff, far, far as the head coaches and the pros, um, and, and, and mentoring a Chris Henry, you, you don't go to Chris Henry and say, 
you got to do this, you got to do that. You go to uh, Nias Williams or you go to Chris Henry's a receiver. You go to your top receiver and say, take this guy under your wing. Chad Johnson? We'll ta- yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, all, I'm saying is, all I'm saying teach is. This guy how to, teach this guy what's expected from you in the pros. This is not college anymore. What's mm-hmm. expected to your pro. But you know the NFL PA has programs for that. I think they do. I don't think they do enough of those programs, but they have life skills situations. But they is is to them to me. I think it's just let's do this to say we did it. I don't think they harp on enough of these kids coming out of college. But, and if they give them a lot of We're fluff and philosophy, what's the you know? There, there's benefit to that. Mm-hmm. But how do you apply that in your daily life becomes the reality of it. I mean, there's so many hundreds of thousands of millions of self-help books out there. But yeah. if you don't know how to take that information and apply it to you in your daily life, well, I tell then you, it's just I tell you, it's a lot of cr- uh, it's a lot of crooked. Um, there's a lot of crooked ages. So if I'm, if, mm-hmm. um, if you guys coming out, um, and I want you, and I want you to be my best client, you be my best client for a while, I'm not going to tell you, go to Florida, go to Arizona, go to, uh, California and work out. Okay. That'll be part of it anyway. So now I got to get you somebody mentally to work with. Now I got to get you somebody like, what kind of person are you? You, here, here are the churches in, in this area. Go to these churches in the area. Here is the, the, uh, Athletic programs, the, the athletic athletes performance program. Here is a person right here that you need to call if you have a problem. If I'm not that guy, here's a person right here's a person right here. Now you're talking about these guys who just say, "Here's your three. Here's get my three percent. Yeah, get, get my three percent." I mean, the, yeah, but huh? I mean, we better talk hockey before we get in trouble. Oh. Okay, we well, four uh, minutes, one thing, four minutes uh, to close. What, what Deb said, what Deb said was absolutely correct. That it it, it shows weakness, and it shouldn't. Because they're actually the strong ones that actually want to get to the root of the issue. But I'm going to give you one example, and this is he's he's a nut job. But Ron Artest, after they won the, after they won the uh, the uh, NBA championship, he talked about his like he wanted he thought he thanked yeah, uh, thank the psychologist, and everybody's like, oh god, he sees a shrink, he must be nuts. Like that kind of stuff is it's it's the common misconception. You just villainized the dude about ten minutes, fifteen minutes. No, no, minutes I understand. Ago, I understand. No, 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 no. And I, I, I preface it by saying he was corner. He is. I preface it by saying he was a nut job, yeah, but right. but it, not because he's seeing a psychologist. He's a nut job on his oh, own time. He looks like a nut. He looks like on a his nut own job. time. But like I, I agree, I agree what Deb said, and I think that that's the main because it's a man's game, and you don't have emotional problems if you're a man. That's quote that's unquote. Of, right. I agree. But that's, that's, that's but that's what people think. Yeah, no, and I that's, hear you. And that's I old school. You yeah, that's I old school. You. But it's, you're right, and that's the problem that I come up against. And uh, they they look at it that's as a form man, of weakness. In the reality, it's a strength. You that's know, when I've got a guy right now, he's like seven seven year veteran in the NFL. He got injured last year. He's a starter. And I told him on our very first phone call, I said, man, I applaud you for having the courage to even talk to me because so many guys won't. And you know enough that you're dealing with some thoughts around your injury that even though you've been cleared, you want to be at your absolute best because you know what you're capable of doing on the inside, Mm -hmm. which most of us do. We just have trouble accessing it to actually do it on a daily basis competitively. We do some of it. We do a good share of it, but we don't quite get it all out there, and that's what I help them do is dig in and get the rest of that out. Well, that's, that's a lot of times why we get more of what they want. You need that person to help you get over that hump. There's a little hump there. You can Absolutely. get yourself there, yeah. get yourself there, you get yourself there. Well, think about uh. you get to the pros, you're still working with strength and conditioning coaches. Now, do you know how to exercise? Do you know how to strengthen your body? Sure. But do you go to an expert who can help you even more? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to. You go to a technical guy they push you, you know, in order to look at all of those little nuances that, yeah, I kind of pretty much know how to play my position, but it's those nuances that make the difference. And do you know how to think and feel and believe? Yeah, you do. But do 
do you know how to do it at the absolute best possible level and do it under extreme pressure? Right. That's what you need to learn as well. Well, let me get this out before we go. We're not talking about hockey. We do have an event coming up uh, May 4th. Oh, congratulations to the uh, Coyote, Phoenix Coyotes. They beat the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they destroyed those guys. That was a good victory for them, too. Destroyed yeah. them. That's a story franchise. I tell you what. In all the overtime games? Yes. 39 saves, Smith. That was an outstanding job. They took shots at them. They took shots. They was leading 2-0. And they had 39 to 12 shots against those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and They won't beat the Predators, though. Sorry. They won't beat the Predators. Well, okay. Go Nashville. Well, you NFL alumni. <laughs> NFL alumni has a scan. I never said that. Okay. NFL alumni. <laughs> that was my hockey. That's has all you a scan. That's it. I mean, I can't. I got to breastfeed. All, all done. I'm breastfeeding. <laughs> wow. Skins. They breastfeed on the, uh, the Farkers. Meet the Farkers. He was breastfeeding, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't I'm so, know. I'm so <laughs> through with you, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a visual I don't That's, even want. It's like, la, la, yeah. la, how can I get May that out of my 4th, head now? <laughs> <laughs> May 4th of this year, save the date. Skins Charity Golf Event. Uh, proceeds going to Sickle Cell Foundation. Proceeds are going to every, Everybody Dance Now. The uh, Cindy, what's this? ASF, CFF, some, some, ABCD. Special Connection Foundation. Special is Connection. An after school and day program for kids with special needs. Now, here's the thing. That's where proceeds are going. Ten uh, days from now. Ten days from now, is it? Oh, yes. That's right around the corner. Ten, days. Ten yeah. days. I was at Wild Horse Ten Pass. days. I, I, got, I, got I just c- counted it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 24 hour oh count. We got 10 seconds. You, got, you, got, you have Friday. more skills than I realized. 2012 Skins Charity Golf Event, Whirlwind Golf Club, Devil's Claw Course, Friday, May 4th, 2012. Tea time is at 8.30 and 2 p.m. We have two Between tea times going on. Yeah. Uh, 8.30 and... Dagger. No, it's two tea times. So no, it's it's, it's it's two tea times. Okay. All right. Shotgun. You can, you can be called totally you know, <laughs> I'm prepared for a lot of things, but I, well, I can't hear myself talk. NFL alumni, appreciate Cindy, uh, Alex, Deborah Debris. Go to yourclearedge.com. Um, check out Alex's fan page. We got Rich Britt in the studio. Call me uh, Coach. You keep it. Coach. You always call me. Hey, son. what can they reach? What can they reach you? Huh? Huh? We can reach me at uh, www.gotsparkforyou.com. Rich is doing advocate at gotspark.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out the fan page. We'll reach out to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.